Once upon a time, ducks were something associated with cartoons. The animated duck was always a silly character, hysterically angry like Donald Duck, or wacky and all over the top as Daffy Duck. But not anymore. In February 2018, Funcom released their cinematic trailer for the upcoming video game Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden. And in that trailer we met a duck who's not silly at all, but instead cool as Clint Eastwood, merciless as Chuck Norris. His name is Ducks. He's not the first cool duck in history, of course, but he is a sign of the times. Ducks are fed up with being the laughing stock or the funny sidekick, and mutant ducks might just be the next big thing. So how did ducks go from silly tunes to cool action characters? What exactly is that mutant year zero world? And how did Goodbye Kansas produce that cinematic trailer? Well, welcome to Yellow Brick Road. I'm Nils Lagergren and this is, of course, Yellow Brick Road, the podcast about visual effects, animation and digital mastery. Today we're going to talk about Mutant Year Zero and to help me I have invited three distinguished guests. We have executive producer and gaming connoisseur Tom Olson and senior character artist Jonas Skog from Goodbye Kansas Studios. And we're also joined by our very special guest, Orvar Sävström, film and game expert, proud nerd and author of an upcoming book about Mutant. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tom and Orvar, we haven't had the pleasure of having you here at Yellow Brick Road before, so let's start with some introductions. Orvar, uh, you're somewhat of a legend in the Swedish film and games world. At least I'm a legend in my own mind, I would say. <laughs> How did all that start? Well, I have a background um, in all sorts of pop culture, but um, in Sweden, still mostly known for, for having a film show on television for many years. Um, nowadays, I pay the rent uh, in mainly two ways. I do symphony orchestra concerts with pop culture references, so film concert or video game music concerts. And then I run uh, a book publishing house together with uh, my friend Jimmy Wilhelmsson, where we publish big, luxurious sort of uh, uh, coffee table style books on nerd subjects. So like games or comics or things like that. Sounds fun. Tom, you're executive producer at Goodbye Kansas and Infinite Entertainment, uh, but you also have a long history of, in both games and VFX. What, what's the quick version of your life in this business? Well, I started off in 93 starting up a company called Korkik, which was one of the f- uh, earlier game developers in Sweden. Uh, I was producing games for 17 years and did about 35 titles. And in uh, 2010, about I ventured off into visual effects But before all that, I actually was working with Target Games and Aventus Bale on some of the role-playing titles. One of them was Mutant. A role-playing nerd. Yes. <laughs> and you, Jonas, uh, you have been with us before here at Yellow Brick Road. And, and today you're here because you were lead character artist for the cinematic trailer for Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden. And you, Tom, were, of course, executive producer of it. But, but before we dive into the production of that trailer, let's briefly go back to that question about ducks in pop culture. Uh, 
I mentioned old cartoony ducks like Donald and Daffy, but, but let's not forget about Marvel's Howard the Duck. He, he was more mature, wasn't he? Well, I'm not sure he was mature, but, but he was uh, sort of um, more adult-oriented than, than Donald, possibly. Well, what's his story? Well, I think a lot of us Marvel fans um, like the comic, but I think to the general public, a lot of people tend to remember the, the 80s film more than, than the comic. And that sort of came out at a time when when comic book movies were... Low. <laughs> Rated low on the scale. I mean, if you look today at the, the, the mo- highest grossing movies around, um, they're basically all superhero movies, except for Star Wars. Um, and uh, back then, that was just, you know, trying to cash in quickly on, on something people recognize. But before Batman, um, the, the, the Burton Batman, um, comic book movies was, was not a hot property. And I think, you know, um, people remember Howard the Duck. I don't think many people have seen it since then. Uh, I kind of like it. But then again, I'm an 80s-oholic. So I like everything that's <laughs> sort of, sort of uh, 80s crazy and wacky. And you, Tom, how is Howard as a character? Well, he's a three-foot duck. He doesn't have any special powers, but he, he can master quack fu, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so he's kind of a hero anyway. He's not really interested in, in anything, as I perceive it. He's just thrown into adventures, and he's been you know meeting up all the, or many of the other Marvel characters like Iron Man and Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange. And, mm. and don't forget about uh, his last appearance in... Yeah. Uh, in Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Galaxy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which I want to see more of if, in the future. If Definitely, he, he quite look, he looked quite cool in the end yeah. there, compared to what he looked like in the eighties. So. But it's cool. kind of uh, based on his eighties look. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But it's it's vamped, you would say. And and uh, if we briefly talk about <laughs> VFX, the the eighties duck that was like an. An actor in that, that was prosthetic, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a, it's a, it's a dwarf in a suit. <laughs> it's always a dwarf in a suit. <laughs> the little people. Yeah. Okay. So, so with so now ducks started to be someone that could both drink and smoke and behave badly and mature. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you would sort of have to look back to Fritz the Cat and get True. that sort of vibe to it. The sort of um, underground adult comics that that could do things that were unheard of back in the day. And you had some law, not with Fritz the Cat, but you had other lawsuits going on where underground American comic artists portrayed Disney characters Mm. drinking or having sex and things like that. And, I mean, it it was a time when, when people tried to push boundaries, which is great, unless you have... 200 Disney lawyers against you, then it's not that great anymore. <laughs> um, so, so, but I think that, that, I mean, there's an element of that as well. The sort of, you know, of, of course, a Marvel duck is not going to be, you know, full frontal nudity and doing drugs, but it's still, it, I mean, it, it was definitely inspired by that. And the film Fritz the Cat, which Crumb hates, but still uh, by Ralph Bakshi, who later mm-hmm. did the Lord of the Rings film and Wizards and things like that. I think those elements come into play a little bit as well. So. 
And there actually was a lawsuit from Disney to about Howard the Duck when he yeah. appeared. Oh yeah. But he so he had to take his pants on, basically. <laughs> but, Don't uh, we all? <laughs> and in Sweden we have of course the story about Arne Anka. That is a similar one that, yep. that Disney also tried and forced Charlie uh, Christensen to to paint in a little string so that the beak was just a prosthetic. <laughs> yep. To get around it. But for a while, Anna Anka had like a different kind of beak. You remember that? Yeah. It was yeah. a Swedish, Swedish, uh, a Swedish comic. Yeah. yeah, but there's an element. I mean, when we come to Swedish games with ducks, that is very specific as well. So, and that's where we come into mutant. Yeah, yeah. because or or uh, mutant Year Zero has a background as a classic role-playing board game with a history going back as um, as early as the 1984. Early. 1984, and and you're currently working on a book about that history. Yeah, yeah. I, me, and. Um, Jimmy Wilhelmsson wrote a book a couple of years ago called Eventyrspel, which means adventure games. And that was the name of the the leading company. I'm not not even leading, I would say, the company for um, physical games like pen and paper role-playing games and board games in the 80s and early 90s in Sweden. And the duck connection to this is that, that the guy who started that is a guy called uh, Fredrik Malmberg. He lives in Hollywood now. Um, he owns the, the IP rights for Conan the Barbarian, so he's really involved in the Conan Exiles, which uh, you guys are also involved with, mm-hmm. um, among other things. And he and a couple of friends had a game store, and they were just, you know, in their late teens here in Stockholm, basically selling war games, you know, like like Avalon Hill type strategic war games in in uh, late seventies, early eighties. And then he went a year to the U.S worked with different game companies and sort of saw the explosion of Dungeons and Dragons in the US and realized this is going to come to Europe. This is going to be a big hit. Uh, But this was before the time of the internet. Um, Things spread, you know, not as quickly. So he made a deal with Greg Stafford and and Chaosium, um, the game company that were doing RuneQuest and Call of Cthulhu, um, to use their set of rules called basic role-playing and, and part of their setting, their fantasy setting, um, and license that and release a game in Sweden, which incidentally was named Drakar och Demoner, which means dragons and demons, because they wanted a name that was D&D, oh. um, to release before Dungeons & Dragons got a Swedish translation, because they realized it's going to come here, you know. And by doing that, they managed to establish role-playing games in Sweden synonymously with their game. So by the time Dungeons and Dragons came to Sweden, no one cared because Dragons and Demon was was so big. I mean, to put it in perspective, I think back then Sweden was between 7 and 8 million people and Dragons and Demons sold over 100,000 copies in its different uh, editions, the, the core rules. I mean, that's an amazing number. And that's where the duck comes in because um, if you know your old role-playing history, then RuneQuest the game that sort of these rules were based on, has a fantasy world called Glorantha. And in that world is a duck race. Hmm. And it's a funny story because, I mean, they're, they're not called ducks, they're called the rules, but it's, it's uh, the same kind of thing. And the reason was that when this game was made, the, the friends of the constructor um, were allowed to create one city each, a fantasy city. And one of them said... I want my city to be called Duckburg. And he refused to change. And everyone thought, you're just fooling around here. No, no, I want it to be Duckburg. And it was like, okay, well, then let's let's make fantasy ducks for it, you know. And that 
came along to the Swedish version. So the the fantasy game had ducks, and they've been sort of ridiculed in the U.S. And if you Google it, you can see the sort of see old time uh, role playing people say, oh, "I don't like those ducks." But in Sweden, they're incredibly cult. I mean, everyone that's involved in old time role playing games love the ducks. Um, so I think that has spilled over into to mutant as well. Mutant, uh, the original mutant from 1984, which was basically um, a Swedish gamma world, so post-apocalypse, but in Scandinavia, hmm. didn't specifically have ducks. It had mutated animals, which obviously could be ducks. Yeah. Um, but but there's a lineage from the early 80s games all the way up to now in Sweden with the ducks. So when this trailer was released, every old-timer in Sweden went, yeah, it's got ducks, you know, so so there, there's definitely a connection there. <laughs> So, so, Mutant continued to flourish from, from the 80s in new versions, and in 2014, Mutant Year Zero arrived. Uh, but still, just as a role-playing board game, not a video game. And, and But Jonas, you worked on a, on a trailer for that. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, that, that trailer was actually the first time I came in contact with Mutant Year Zero, so it was quite an experience for me. Uh, so the, the project in whole was uh, basically an off-hour project that we did. Uh, it was... Uh, was that for the Kickstarter campaign, right? Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it was for the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, and uh, it was actually one of our composting artists called uh, Kalle Granström that actually brought it to us. So he, he directed that uh, entire trailer and... My my part of the trailer was to, since I'm a character artist, I created uh, the fly mutant you will see in the end. <laughs> I love Great it. character. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I'm saying I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now the dream is over. And so comes 2017 and fun comes plans for the video game Mutant Year Zero. Tom, uh, the game itself is being developed by Bearded Ladies and it's partly owned by Goodbye Kansas Game Invest, so more or less a family affair. But can you tell us anything about the game? Not really much at this point. I think it's it's uh, for the audience to see when it comes out, but it's a tactical adventure game where you control a team of mutants in a post-apocalyptic world of year zero. Mm. So that's what I can say at this point. They, they did present some gameplay at GDC in, in San Francisco in February and I've been told that they will present even more at Nordsken in Skellefteå in May. But anyways, uh, Funcom contacted Goodbye Kansas and wanted a cinematic trailer. So what what was the brief? Do a kick-ass trailer with free mutants or... <laughs> well, basically, but no, there was a bit more than that. The characters already existed in the game and initially it was supposed to be seven characters, I think, in the trailer. But we decided to focus on three of them in the end. And uh, we immediately know that we wanted to have the duck uh, in the trailer. So um, we got a look at an early build of the game, and then uh, we did a script for the trailer. And we had some discussions about the tonality of the trailer. Uh, we felt that it was really important to have a sense of humor to it and adventure, rather than to do just a traditional post-apocalyptic dystopian setting. Mm. So we had a lot of free choices to where we wanted to go with the trailer. And Jonas, you were then lead character artist. Uh, what can you tell us about the working process? 
with well, the trailer? Uh, well, I, I can speak as the lead character artist. I can talk about the the character creation part of it. So we we had a really good dialogue with the bearded ladies. They provided us with uh, the in-game models used in-game. So what what we do when we get these building blocks is that we, we get the, the pure sculpt used in-game. We get the textures they use in-game. And then we, we build upon these these blocks. So mm. we up-rest the sculpt to a cinematic quality, adding more details, pores, all that visual goodies. We we take the textures, we up-rest them as well, so they will hold in close-up, in frame. Mm. We add all those tiny hairs, the fur, the feathers of ducks, for example. So we, we, we ramp up the quality to meet our standards. Yeah. Uh, the, the three characters, uh, obviously the duck, ducks, and then it's uh, a guy called Bormin, who's a boar, and Selma. Uh, do these characters have like a history in the mutant universe or, or is it? No. No, I, I think all of these were created for the, the game itself, which of course is, you know, borrows a lot from Mutant Year Zero, which is, I would say, this might be interesting, for, especially for, for non-Swedes to know that this is, I mean, there's been several completely different productions, um, uh, sort of lines of, of mutant games over time. And if you know a game called Mutant Chronicles, um, linked to also Doom Trooper, which was a, a big, you know, collectible card game. That was an offshoot of the mutant world. So so what we have with Mutant Year Zero is really uh, Free League, who, who are publishing that, going back to sort of the, the, the early uh, version of mutant and the, the post-apocalyptic setting. But then Bearded Ladies have had a lot of freedom in doing that, in, in creating the content for the game. So it's not based on actual adventures or modules from from Year Zero. Um, that part is is uh, developed by, by Bearded Ladies. So it's more the setting that's taken. Is the mutant setting always Scandinavian? Well, not the not the not the mutant chronicles things, but I, the other ones mostly. But then again, I mean, it was a game that changed a lot over time. Um, for instance, in the late 80s and a couple of years after that, Mutant turned into a cyberspace kind of thing or, or like, uh, you know, like cyberpunk um, in big cities and you went to Berlin or, or China and, you know, huge cities of steel and hacking and things like that, sort of pre-matrix kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's it's always been a sort of evolving brand and that's kind of why it's fascinating. I think that's one of the reasons we're, we're making a book about it because it's, it's always kept changing and coming back to the roots and and it's just a name that that evokes a certain sort of nostalgia and just brings with it enthusiasm in especially Scandinavian gamers and for us it's really cool that by now it's it's spread out i mean uh, mutant chronicles went outside of scandinavia and then now uh, year 0 the role playing game did and finally we have a um, computer game that sort of takes care of that, you know, that segment of the game industry as well. There was actually a, a, a Genesis slash um, Super Nintendo game based on on the Doom Trooper card game, uh, but mm. that was ages ago, and I doubt that many people remember that. So this is, I would say, the, the first big computer game based on the franchise. Hmm. And 
The release of the trailer was uh, obviously a, a big success, an instant hit. I spoke with the marketing director at Funcom, uh, and he said there were lots of press and lots of excitement about, in particular, the duck ducks. <laughs> Why is that? What what is so fascinating with ducks? I think it's just the most interesting character. Visually, he st- really sticks out, and he's kind of a surprising character to see in a post-apocalyptic setting, especially for, for people outside of Sweden who doesn't have the experience of the role-playing games. And, uh, you know, it immediately sets the tone of, of being more funny or more humorous than what you would expect. So I think that's why people react. When, when you created uh, the characters, Jonas, you said the bearded lady created them uh, and you uppressed them. Uh, but did you also do slight changes on them or...? Yeah, exactly. So the core designs of the characters were pretty much set by the bearded ladies when we received the assets. Uh, we had one opportunity to contribute with our own design in in our trailer. Mm. In the in-game, they all wear shoes. But in our trailer, we wanted to portray the characters in the first act. So we, we wanted to establish the characters, so to speak. So, therefore, I was tasked with uh, concepting the feet of ducks and boarmen. <laughs> so, that, that was a fun task to do. So, creating floppy duck feet and hoops. Webbed feet. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, that, that's the goodbye Kansas contribute to the game. <laughs> <laughs> that that and Kiki Doll Nilsson, right? Wasn't that exactly. that was was that your contribution or was it? I think that was choice? a Funcom's idea. That was Funcom's yeah. idea. Which is a, a very much an inside joke to Swedes <laughs> that the music that that accidentally starts playing in the trailer is this kind of cult status uh, way over the hill country sort of style singer called yeah. Kiki Danielson. Uh, I don't really know what you would compare that to in in the U.S., but that it was just another sort of tongue-in-cheek thing that that ended up in there. <laughs> And you mentioned the the Nordsjön game convention, uh, which is in a couple of weeks. And actually, I'm going up there and uh, Fredrik Malmberg of of Cabinet uh, is uh, is flying in from Hollywood. So I will interview him on stage um, about his whole history, uh, including the Mutant franchise and where that has gotten today. So so if anyone's interested, definitely stop by Nordsjön. Yeah, do come there because I'll, I'll go there as well oh. and do an episode of Yellow Brick Road and oh. speak to Fred also. Great. Perfect. Maybe with you. Also. Maybe with me again. <laughs> Who knows? Can't get rid of me. So, last but not least, if ducks, uh, especially mutated ducks, is the next big thing, where would you like to see them next time? Like Ducks in space! Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, I would love to see more of Howard the Duck in the Marvel, future yeah. Marvel films. Yeah. That would be awesome. Has has there been any ducks in space, in popular? Well, I know. I well, in uh, you had pigs in space in the yeah. Muppet Show, <laughs> and then you had Gonzo with his chickens that, or his hens that sort of tag along. But I'm not sure about. No. Not that I can remember. <laughs> see. We'll have to work on that. Yeah, Jonas, where do you want to see ducks in the future? I want to see more games with ducks. Definitely, I could imagine like a new revamped. Uh, Disney from Ankeborg game 
That would be quite cool. I, I quite enjoyed the old uh, games on the Nintendo 8-bit. They were fantastic playing as... Uh, what's his name? Rich guy. Scrooge McDuck. Oh, you mean uh, DuckTales? The, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was incidentally one of the most classic uh, NES um, soundtracks ever. Dude, Everyone. Dude, yeah, dude, uh, the moon. Yeah, exactly. You're fighting uh, Magga the Hex and yeah, like, yeah, 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 all definitely. those cool characters. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. A, a revamp of that game would be awesome. What about vampire ducks? Or zombie ducks for zombie the ducks. next season of The Walking Dead? Let's see zombie ducks. Yeah. I want to see that too. Perfect. Many thanks for coming, guys, and hope sure. to see you again soon. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. And you out there, thanks for listening. As usual, you can see clips from the films we talked about at our webpage, goodbyecancerstudios.com. And do mail us if you have suggestions or feedback. The mail address is podcast at goodbyecancers.com. And we're not finished with talking about mutant or ducks here at Yellowbrook Road. As I told Orva, we will actually do... Uh, an episode up at Nordsjön uh, in Skellefteå in May and speak to Fred Malmberg who owns the Mutant franchise and I bet we will talk a lot about Mutant. But that's in episode 20 and next week it's time for episode 17 and in that episode we'll jump into the world of pre-visualizations. How you can make a film before it's made. So, until next time, goodbye, à bientôt, à wiedersehen, vi hörs.